0: Yo, everybody, Trey here from the Etnium Podcast. Hope everyone is thriving here again for another conversation, uh, another great conversation with another great leader um, in Denver's backyard. This week, we sit down with Papa Ja. Uh, he's a founder and president of the African Leadership Group. Really excited for you all to pick up the game this man dropped. Um, at a certain point, you'll kind of hear me just say, look, like I'm just trying to pick up game from you about what it means, you know, how to lead, um, how to think, um, how to grow as a human being. And so, uh, I got a lot out of this conversation. I hope you will too. And uh, I'll see y'all on the other side. Peace.
1: And we live. Good afternoon, man. Are we still morning?
0: I think we made Bro, it here. We,
1: we made it barely here morning, but we afternoon now. Afternoon. But, uh, yes. well, how you doing, man? Good to I'm, see you. I'm doing outstanding. Good to see you as well. And thank you for having me.
0: No, nah, thank you for having for coming through, man. It's I know. Pleasure. I, it's always uh when I have like, People I admire, respect that I see like doing the grind and the fact that like they'll take time for me um, and for the community that we're trying to serve here like on a Saturday morning, it's, it's a blessing for sure.
1: It is truly a blessing. And uh, thank you for doing your part. Cause for mm-hmm. me, I, I tell everybody leadership is a journey. And yep. uh, if we're looking to have an impact in the community every single one of us had a part and you're yeah. doing yours. And hopefully, I'll be doing mine also.
0: I, I think you're doing yours, man. <laughs> I think you're doing yours. I think this is the first time I haven't seen you super suited and booted, bro. That's
1: <laughs> what happen when you catch me on the Saturday? Yeah. Do <laughs> what happen when you catch me on the Saturday? <laughs> we yeah. Got, we got the real, the realness today. Yes, I mean? yes, exactly. <laughs> but you know, we with the African leadership group, they have this policy or rules. It's all about dress to impress, dress mm. to impress. So. Yeah.
0: No, I feel it. I yes, feel it, man. Yes. Well, like, I really want to get into ALG, the leadership, like all that. But uh, before we do, like stories and important value for us, Um, tell the world who we're talking to and how'd you kind of take us way back, walk us through your journey.
1: It's one of the most inspiring
0: things I've heard in my career and in my life, really. Wow. wow, wow,
1: wow, Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, and and I'll start by thanking you for having me on and uh, to recognize the fact that every single one of us has a story. We all have a journey. And uh, I'll encourage all of us to share ours. And it's always a pleasure for me to share mine. Um, you know, my name is Papa Maritoja. Everybody here knows me as Papa. Yeah. But uh, my real name is Papa Maritouja. Obviously, in the U.S., people don't use middle name. They mm. just put the initial. But I am originally from Senegal, West Africa, a French-speaking country. Mm. There, people use the middle name instead mm. of the first name. So if you go back home, everybody will... Yeah. You call me Marito. Mar- How do you let me pronounce it? Right? Magito? Marito. Marito. Yes. Yeah, Marito. So you're getting something that a lot of people don't don't <laughs> even know which is So yes, and I came here in 1998 and as an immigrant, um similar to most immigrant story uh coming coming here to look for opportunities to support myself, support the family we left behind and mm. and to race, the, the, the the crazy thing is uh it, it, I might have some leadership, uh, talent, skills, but I never thought of myself as a leader hmm. back home. I mean, I grew up going to school, playing soccer, just doing the normal thing that every young kid will do, but yeah. um, never thought of myself as a leader, never. And when I came here, it was the same thing, just huh. trying to make a living and support the family that uh, I left behind.
0: Yeah. It's crazy, though, like, making a living and supporting your family, that's... That's leadership. We don't necessarily see it that way all the time. You know what I mean?
1: That, you know, yes. The, you know, uh I mean, that's a, such a good, valid point because I'm a believer that everything that we are doing today, there's something in our past that explains it. Mm-hmm. There's something in our journey way back that really prepare us, Yeah. that really mold us to get to the point where we do what we do or we are passionate about the thing we're passionate for. So for me, to your point, yes, mm-hmm. making a living, all those things are a sign of leadership because you gotta navigate through the system, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and especially when it comes to supporting people. And, and yep. it's not just for you, but you're trying to make money here, send it back home so the family can eat. Yeah, you're right. That's a good yeah. point. It's all a sign of leadership.
0: Yeah, that's real leadership for real. Yeah. For real. What do you think that thing was for you? Like when you say there were some in our past. I've actually been reflecting on this a lot. Where uh, <laughs> I've been. Mean, uh, resisting this sense of uh for whatever reason when someone says like oh man you you got this you got something you know what i mean i resisted and i don't know why and i've been having this conversation with my wife and uh talked to my grandma the other day and she was saying well think about your childhood like you were uh <laughs> you know you i rolled with my father everywhere that we went you know mm-hmm. and there was times where he was up there was times where he was down there was mm-hmm. times you know I, I just saw a lot and like by virtue of just kind of like my family dynamic, it required me to be able to communicate in a variety of different spaces. You know, we, I'd be in a situation where my, you know, my dad might be working for this company and his boss invites us for dinner and I'm in this mansion and then we're like taking the bus home <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning, yes, you know what yes, I'm saying? Like, yes. And she was like, I really do think that your gift that our family was able to give you was the fact that like you were required to adapt and you were able to see so many different sides of this world. That you are now just trying to figure out a way to bring them all, bring them all together. You know what I mean? So that was something that was like, "Hmm." It's, it's had me reflecting
1: on that. What yeah. what's that for you? you think? For me, there was a lot of things. Uh, first and foremost, I, I I came from a large family. Uh, my mom has thirteen kids. My dad has twenty five. Wow! And, and and it's a big household, not to include the cousin, and, mm-hmm. and the niece, and the nephew that will come. So always, at least at any given time, there were fifty people in the in the in the house. But also, growing up poor, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just growing up poor. Always, as a kid, I remember it was literally chasing my next meal every mm-hmm. day. every day. So, it was very difficult. But this was what was very interesting. As poor we were, we did not even realize it. Because mm-hmm. everybody around us was yeah. going through the same struggle. For mm-hmm. me, it was just the normal way of life. Yeah, But we were also very happy. Yeah, We were very happy waking up in the morning, Going to play soccer and, and and to something that tied to your question. I remember every time when I was in the soccer field, I was a little boy that will try to win the game, that will try to <laughs> rally the troop, yeah. you know, that will try to push people to run for more. Yeah. And all these things. And and I was the one that will always try to organize, you know, the group of friends that we have, you mm. know, let's meet here. Now, when I look back and to see what I do now and looking back, it's kinda of same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing, brother. First and foremost, to because I remember, for me to go to school, I had to wait for my brother to come home, take off the pants, shoes. I can put mm. it on. So that that spirit of sharing is always embedded in me. Yeah. So today, when I see myself as somebody that's willing to share, mm. it's not. It's not. Back then, it has nothing to do with leadership. Back then, it was just the normal way of life. Yeah, that's how you operate. Yeah. All, all I knew. All I knew is you had to share. You had to support each other. Uh, You had to look out for each other. You had to create that environment where people are happy. So that's how I grew up.
2: Mm.
1: Now, when I came here, I came with that same mindset, the same mindset of gathering people. Obviously, as a soccer player, the first thing I did is start putting together a soccer team, Mm. going to Cook Park and and rallying people. And that's pretty much where everything started for the African leadership. But it Mm. was the same thing I was doing back home. Yeah. When I was at university, it was the same thing. So that's why I was telling you earlier, everything we're doing today stems there's something from that. in the past that yeah. explained
0: it. Now that makes a hundred percent sense. I might <laughs> have to hire you. My my daughter's had her first soccer game today.
1: <laughs> Would we'll be
0: happy to yeah. teach her some tricks. We'll Yo, be happy. It's, it's crazy when you see a kid. Like my son played sports when he was younger. You know what I'm saying? And like he was kind of like, uh. Eh. You know, he, like, he, his brain is on, he wants to be an engineer and he wants to build stuff. And, like, I see that in him and his, like, robotics club and stuff. But my, my daughter this morning, there was something that clicked. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. oh, I yep. can be aggressive. Like, you know yes. what I mean? I was yes. surprised she wasn't more aggressive, but I'm going to hire you on that soccer team. We'd we'll, we'll,
1: we'll <laughs> love to. We'd we'll love to. Because the way we, you know, the, it's like, I remember... Kids like, oh, you're not allowed to wear shoes when you play because not mm. everybody has a pair of shoes. Yeah, and, and, and so it does the thing. You play on a field with rock, I mean, and yeah. barefoot. And, and, and that's that's how it is. And if you can really manage to be a good soccer player, in those conditions and environment, you'll
0: be all right when you, brother, get, on right
1: when you get on the grass
0: as i'm gonna go home and say hey take off your <laughs> shoes
1: we, we're playing on rock
0: <laughs> i love it man but that that makes all the sense in the world so you said it really started by coming in and kind of organizing soccer organizing these things um how did that what was the differences in organizing people when you, you were here and in, in the states as opposed to back home like was there a different dynamic in interacting with people, or is it kind of the yeah, same?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it was it was very very different, and and again for me, I was doing all these things without real like My house was always packed. Yeah. Guys always gather at my house, and now here back back home when we were trying to gather, we would we would just try to make tea, like mm. just tea. It, it's just like you have a fire and you have green tea, you put water and yeah. you boil it. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, we wouldn't even have the money. To buy the tea and the sugar, mm-hmm. and we're talking about fifty cents. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it will cost roughly. We wouldn't have it. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll put everything in place, and just wait. Just believing that somebody will come through. Will come through and just have a little bit to give us, so we can buy the whatever. Wow. So that's that's how it was. But we we were always happy. We'll put it together. It's just the uh, the sense of belief and hope. Mm. Just seeing the greatness in everything that you do, as tough it is, oh, well, it's gonna be okay. Yeah. And it did come out to be okay. Huh. So back then, yes, you start with nothing. Mm. Here, you, you're you walking, you have a little bit, you know. Yeah. So that that was the main difference yeah. as far as here you were able to really provide with some of the things that you need. Everybody will pitch in, mm-hmm. will go buy a, a, a whole lamb and do a barbecue and grill and things like that. But the spirit of having fun and coming together was the same. Yeah. And but for me, I was always looking for more. I was Hmm. always always looking for more. What did more mean? More was impact, productivity. Because uh, back home, you don't have a lot of options. Mm. You know, you you you. There's nothing. It's that you gather, you get together, you have a good time. That's it. Yeah. But here, oh. I need to find a job. I need a place to stay. Yeah. I, I, I need, I need, I need. Yeah. So outside of the getting together, there were always a need hmm. that was being present. And, and somebody yeah. needed to find the way to address it. Yeah. Since I was, I guess, the one that was lucky throughout my journey, starting working at Tardot Cover, where I learned how to read and write and speak English and transition ah. at the bank. Cover so, the bookstore. Bookstore. I, my first job, I was working at the Tattercover Cherry Creek, making $5.25, brother.
0: That's crazy. Kwame and, was on the podcast a while ago.
1: Kwame telling me. I, yeah. You know, and there's a crazy story there. When I came here in 1998, couldn't speak, write English at all. Huh. And it was around Christmas. I went and walked into Tattercover Bookstore, and, and, and they interviewed me, and- they, they hire me, but my job was to stocks book because I couldn't mm-hmm. interact with, with people. And I see that opportunity. This is a time when we had Walkman. The kids today wouldn't understand what <laughs> yeah. I was talking about. The, 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 yeah. the Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I will take the bus and really, that's really how I get to huh. learn how to read and write. And this is the craziest thing. And I spent a few years there and two years Kwame mm. and the other owner mm-hmm. Call me to be on the board of director at the Tatot Cover bookstore. Yo, congrats. That's crazy. Yes. It's it's unbelievable. It's full circle. Yeah, that's that's full wild.
0: Circle. And kind of like it's badass, man. The fact that, like, y'all I came, I couldn't, I couldn't read and write this language. My first job was at a bookstore.
1: Yeah. Five dollar and twenty-five cents. Sheesh. Now you're on the board. Look at that. Now I am on the board. it's it's it's, it's just I mean and that's the place that uh, that gave me everything man that yeah. that cover, I you know I, I took my kids over there mm-hmm. to let them know this is where everything started for your father mm. this, this place embraces me and and just give me space but mm-hmm. nobody were willing to because it's tough when yeah. you come here you cannot relate you cannot speak the language yeah you know it takes a good person a good environment to give you opportunity and that's what they did and, yeah. and so everything that I became today I own. The big part of it today. Do, do
0: you think it was something that they saw specifically in you?
1: Yes, yes. I I believe. Uh, and it's the same thing when I when I when I when I had an interview later at the bank and I was hired. I was shocked that I was hired, and I asked later my my manager why why did you hire me? She said like you know it's just your smile, how genuine you are, yeah. you know how caring. What are, those things, and, yep. and it's the same thing. And people through you they see your heart. Hmm. They see who you are, and and I think for me, the way you carry yourself is is, is it says a lot about you. And 100%. the the time and the years that I spent at Tattered Cover, yeah, I still talk about it. Yeah, so I still talk about it. Some inspiring yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. So,
0: so yeah. you went from Tattered Cover to to the bank.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I studied, uh, I, I, you know, when my English got better working at that cover. I, I, in fact, I used to go to, and this is Northwest before it became Wells Fargo, to cash my check. And uh, there was a nice lady, very nice lady that was helping me. I didn't even know where to sign to cash your check. I signed on the memo side. I, <laughs> so, and she she, she helped
0: Yo, me. Yo, key, there's probably mad kids right now that would sign on the memo side. I'm telling so. you, I
1: was, that was me. I, I went and signed on the memo side. Yeah. And, you know, and she told me, and- but one thing that my dad always taught us is: it doesn't matter how poor you are, always look good. Mm. Make sure people respect you. Mm-hmm. So uh, I remember going to Goodwill at many times, mm-hmm. buying five dollar pair of suits and tie and yeah. and things like that. So and for me, those the things that I you know when I was going to the bank, those the things that I was doing. And and I remember when we had the interview, it was for teller position. It was a group interview, there were about thirty people that applied yeah. and there were five managers. And there was one of the manager, Johnny Lehi, that I want to thank her. I mean, she changed my life. And and I could not understand most of the things they were saying, especially we were doing a role play and, mm-hmm. and Johnny one was playing the meme customer, and I was supposed to be the teller. Yeah. I had no idea what this lady was talking about. <laughs> yeah, Why well, should be a me to me, bro? <laughs> I, I, I had no idea, you know, and all I was doing is smile and smile at her. And, yeah. and she hired me. Mm. She hired me. And and I started as a teller making $8.75. Mm. And this is the first time I remember being happy you felt like you were balling. I oh, mean, I was dancing, actually. Yeah. I mean, just from $5.25 to $8.75, for me, it was a life-changing moment. And I yeah. found myself dancing in my small apartment and, huh. and started as a teller. And every six months to a year, having a promotion, yep. all the way becoming a vice president in the banking industry Dang. after 18 years. And, and yes, yeah, so it's…
0: That's crazy. I actually worked at a bank, Wells Fargo, actually. That was my first job at a high school. Uh-huh. You know, so this was a little bit later. So the salary was like 10 25 or something like that. Uh-huh. I, was, I was like, yo. <laughs> we went and got some uh, uh, cheap steak from this little spot called Cal Boba's down, to, down on Federal. I, I, it was, uh, I know that feeling well. I know that feeling well. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a place, It's a, It's a. you know, I've learned everything in that environment, in that space. Customer service, how to deal with tough situations, <laughs> how to manage money. And and especially later on. Mm-hmm. You know, being a branch manager, being in charge of 30 employees and and having an entire portfolio to handle. I mean, mm-hmm. like, when we talk about management, yeah. yes, banking is a place to where you can learn it for yeah. sure. Yeah, you cut your teeth there. Eh? Yep,
0: yep. As a, when you became and you got in that role higher up, like, I guess, like, what you're articulating to me now around, like, yo, it's that essence. It's something that you can see in somebody. It's something you can feel in somebody. That's how you make these. We, we could teach you kind of the technical stuff, mm-hmm. right? Bernard McCune, shout out Bernard, um, did that for me at Root Ed. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was a admission counselor. And me and him got on the phone. And uh, I didn't think I was qualified for the job. Like, I was 25. Like, mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, I see your spirit. I'll teach you the other shit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? hmm And, like, that, uh, like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he he saw something in me that I didn't even see him. Yep, me. You that's know what true. I'm that's the like, way it goes. Did you take that t- kind of same approach, or did you even like realize that was the case at that time? Like when you became big dog at the bank?
1: No, I, I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize that I had uh, anything specific that was uh, attracting people. Or I, I no, I, I I knew that because all my life I was I always looked for an opportunity to work. Hmm. Because yes. I have an entire village back home people waiting on me yeah. to hopefully have breakfast and lunch. For mm. me, my motivation is having a job. So once I was given that job, yep. brother, the rest was history. I mean, like literally, I was yeah. the number one salesperson. And you know how aggressive sales. Yeah. So I was the number one. I mean, like literally for me that, so for me, I thought, okay, you know, these people were just, because mm-hmm. how I deliver. Yeah, and And- and I, I was loving it also. I, I, I love the customer service piece where people will come very like where all the bankers have given them the runaround to solve mm. the issue mm-hmm. if, with me. That's where everything stopped. We're going to solve it right now. Yeah, let's go make this happen. Yeah, and, and and I've done it. And I've, I've done it. And and now uh, there was a lot of African immigrants that were working at uh, Adam's Mark Hotel, Brown Plus Hotel. They start coming to the bank and mm. seeing their African brother. And that's how everything started. Now I have people. So I all of a sudden- I, I start feeling needed. People mm. need me. And people, yeah, go see him. He will help you. He will yeah. take care of you. Yeah. And all of a sudden I start feeling good about myself because my name is was being dropped here. People were coming and literally they would wait 30 minutes. I mean, there will be other people available to help them. No, we're waiting we on Papa. Him. We're waiting on him. Yeah. I so said, like, man, this is this is crazy. Yeah. So that's how everything, and now I start believing in myself. And and you know, and really start reading some books, you know, the mm. secret the mm. law of attraction, yep. and really educating myself and investing in knowing who I am. Huh, yeah. And, and, and as a manager also, you do those coaching session and things like that, and, yeah. and get to the point where I I had a clear idea. Huh. Because look, and, and this is later on, because I figured out later on. I, I There's two days that are the most important days in every single human being life. Mm. Just two days, according to me. Mm. The first one is the day you're born. Mm-hmm. The second one is the day you will understand why. Huh. And for me, brother, I knew when I was born.
2: Yeah.
1: I never understood why. Yeah. But the day I understood why, Yeah. that's why you're here talking to me.
0: Mm. Mm. That's beautiful, man. I think, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to take that one in. I'm on that journey now. And I think a lot of people that we serve are on that journey now. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it seems like the world is full of things to try to distract you from trying to, from getting a clear understanding. And it's supposed why. to be. Yeah.
1: You gotta, look Trey, you got to embrace that. It's supposed to be. Since the world has been, it's always been like that. It's mm. always been, in any aspect of life, you look at the the, the the prophet, whoever, Jesus, who, yeah. they never got it easy. Yeah, that's real. Tell me anybody you know that got it easy. Not a single one. Not a single. All those heroes like Nelson Mandela, name after name. Yeah. There was always a lot of things that were making it difficult. It's supposed to be that way. Yeah. Now, those of us, those of us that are lucky enough to understand the why we are here, we embrace that because it's part of the why.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's part of the process. It's part
1: of the process. Yeah. You you embrace it because you know, while I embrace it, it makes me better and it makes me stronger and it makes it easier down the road. Hmm. So for me, all the things that I went through when I came here, you know, not speaking English, uh, not having a place to stay, uh, you know, taking three buses to go to work, mm-hmm. it's, it, all mm-hmm. those was part of the process.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What changed? i <laughs> I'm gonna keep yo, y'all. I'm gonna keep talking about these therapy <laughs> sessions I'm having, you know. But one, of, he was like, "Yo, are you afraid to?" What did he tell me? He told me some fly stuff. Like, you're afraid to reach your full potential because you're you're worried about like what it requires you to give up once you get there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Once you got that clarity, what changed? What did you have to give up? What? How did
1: things shift? A lot of things shift. You wow. Well, uh, first and foremost you give up time for your family. Huh. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's all the things because when you get to a certain level, and I knew this, I knew like when you talk about leaders, nothing is about you. Everything is about people. And, 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 and you know, there's a lot of things you got to give up when you get to that space. For me, I had to give up time for my family. I had to give up time for me. I had to give up things that I, I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like I had to give up that because but the reality is while you are in this process that's the only thing that matter because that's your passion yeah like for me when people and that's one thing that i struggle with people always talk about self care self care <laughs> i struggle with it because yeah. for me self care is doing what i what i love doing yo
0: yeah i feel that we
1: talk about self care
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is self care i'm having yeah. the
1: best time of my life Just put a smile in my heart and on my face and hmm. and, and you know do the thing like when self care yes i'm having it yeah but also it's a different phase now. When you get to a certain phase, then you said you see self-care through another land and, you, and it will make sense.
2: Mm. Yeah.
1: You know, because that self-care piece is not just about you. Yeah. It's about your family. Exactly. It's about all the people that are important in your life that's not in the same journey that you are on. Yeah. Because sometimes as a leader, we have a tendency to make our vision everybody's vision.
0: Yeah, I've been accused of that as well. We,
1: yeah. you know, we, we we are passionate about this, and we expect everybody around us to be passionate. Yeah, then we get frustrated yeah, when and then they don't. we get fr- what you're not sure you're not. <laughs> we get yeah. frustrated, and 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 we we gotta step back because we've gotta understand they do also have vision, hmm. they also have dream, and part of our responsibility is to help them mm-hmm. with their vision and their dream. Yeah, it's a, it's an entire process, and I mean. I'm a fervent learner. Yep. I believe in life, and this is Professor Majama, the gentleman that teach our public speaking class. Say in life, everybody that you meet can be your teacher and your student. Mm-hmm. We all learn from each other, and we all can teach mm. one another.
0: Mm. My dad would tell me some rendition of that. There was this uh, <laughs> there was this time me and him. You know, he'd work late hours or whatever, and, you know, downtown. And this is like before it is how it is now, you know. And I remember very distinctly this uh, situation. We were, we were walking to the light rail and there was this this dude, this homeless dude that was like in the corner. Now I'm young. I'm like seven years old. Mm-hmm. It's like this dark, shady corner, like, you know. And he says something to me and I like get scared and like immediately kind of like cling on to him, onto my dad, right? And he looked at me with that, like, disappointed dad face, like, and uh, he's like, go and talk to that man. He's like, he uh, go talk to him. You can learn, You might be able to learn something from him. So I went and I talked to him, and I wish I remembered this gentleman's name, but all I remember is he gave me this little, uh, like, you know, you get those little toys in a Happy Meal?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. He just kind of, like, looked at me, just kind of, like, acknowledged me, and, like, was, like, here. And he was, like, gave me something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when we got on the light rail, it was just like, yo, like, never be afraid. Never look at anybody a different, like, a way based off of their situation. Like, every single person you interact with, you have an opportunity to learn from. And that's, that's true. That stuck with me. That's you know what I'm true. And it was like, the people that give the most are typically the people that seem to have the least. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, now that I'm in this little bit of a different position, what does it mean to give for real? You know? And what does it mean to, like, really make sure I'm also receiving that knowledge and that game? Again, another reason why I would do this podcast. Like, I want Papa on here, and I want my homie from from down the way down there. I want the superintendent. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. there's something that everybody has to offer. And, uh, again, I feel like the world is continuously telling us, you don't got nothing to offer unless you got this title. You know, unless you got this no. whatever. Like,
1: yeah, I'm like, nah. You know, I I am a firm believer that the more people you help get what they want, the more you will eventually get what you want in life. Mm. And that's been my journey. Look, uh, my story, I came here. There's nothing, nothing in my past that will tell you that I'll be sitting here talking to you, talking to you in English. Nothing. Everything there was like, oh, you're supposed to be this poor kid on the street and da-da-da-da-da. And mm-hmm. and for me, everything started with first and foremost, not belief, but hope. Mm. You know, there's two things, believe it. For me, it was hope. I, I was hopeful. Mm. I was hopeful that I would become somebody. I it's just that hope. Yeah. And when you have that hope, it's a it's a, it's a straight relationship between you and God. Mm. Because you hope it's, it's, you pray to God. Mm-hmm. I mean, and 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 for me and, and later on I learned all these things through the law of attraction, the secret. How do you, you know, how do you attract what you want in your life? All these things that yeah. you know it's it's in the Quran, it's in the Bible, it's in yeah. but also it's it's that's that's the real thing that you learn in life. Yeah. That's the real thing in life. So, and now when you bring it to reality and everybody tells you, you're the only limit to yourself. Mm. That's true. Mm. <laughs> that is true yeah that's so true but you know how do you have the belief that you wake up every day and say like you know I am gonna become this mm-hmm. but sometime we are in a hurry we want something and we want that instant gratification and we want it now yeah. we all forgot that journey process it yeah. takes time yeah it takes time and I think those young kids that are listening or that just just know if it's tough, now, yes, it's supposed to be. Supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Yeah. Embrace it. Yep, Embrace it. And surround yourself also with people that's been there. Because hmm. they will show you the way.
0: Yep. Yeah. So often we think like we're the first ones to be doing something. No, know, no, no, no. Nah, not at all.
1: No, no, I'm a believer that everything that you're trying to do, somebody has done it before. Yeah. And even better, somebody has written a book about it or made a <laughs> video. There's always
0: someone that did that. Go some. Google it. Yeah. Yeah, Just
1: go. You say you want to become the president. Go. How to become a president? Whatever. Go Google it. It's still going to be there. something.
0: Yep, yep. Something. Something. I tell my son all the time, I'm like, bro, I don't know. You have you have a computer in your pocket, dog. Go look it up. Yeah, exactly. Go Google it. Yeah, I feel you. That's crazy. All right, so you you're the VP of this bank. Yes. You you, you start to see that you're getting these folks coming to you. At what point did you make the leap? To ALG. Yes,
1: yes. Wow. <laughs> or is so, there a lot a lot more in between it's, those? It's, it's, it's a lot more. So uh, you know, when I when I was at the bank, this was downtown 1740 Broadway, and all my fellow African will come and I start helping them open their bank account, get their car loan. Um, and you know, typical African, they'll go and tell all the African brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. literally, I have 30 to 40 people yeah. waiting for me in the bank lobby. Huh. And, and people will bring their translation paper now, the immigration paper. So I was literally just sitting there doing a lot of social work. Yeah. But it was good also. It was helping me with myself because yep. I was the banker in the community. Yeah. So I had no issue with myself. Yeah. But I would spend the whole day just dealing with- Building people from trust. My, yeah, yes, yes. At some point, the bank didn't like it. Really? Mm-mm. They didn't like it. They didn't like it. So huh. they wanted me to, to stop. And I told myself, no, I can't stop because I know how valuable Yo. it was for them to have somebody that speak their language, that look like them, that sound like them, that they can relate to, yeah. that wouldn't judge them and to help them. Yeah. And I said, no, I I can't.
0: What was the bank's raising it?
1: Well, it was just like a lot of people sitting in the bank lobby, and and you know. Uh, it somebody, was an
0: inconvenience. It <laughs> wasn't, in,
1: yeah. Somebody, yeah. some of them was being, you know, can be loud while they're waiting, and mm. and 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 some of the things they were bringing was not bank related. But even though it was. I was getting myself through all these things. So yeah. that's but I said, you know, I said, well, let me, let me, let me look around to see if I can find any organization that could help. Yeah. So when I look around, back then we only have one organization which was the African Community Center, mm-hmm. which was more like a refugee resettlement. Yeah. And meaning they can only help you if you are a refugee and they mainly focus on helping you with housing need and, and mm-hmm. food stamp and which was like great. The basics like the basic. But my what I had in mind was different because here I am I came here as an immigrant couldn't speak English and I'm here working yeah. at the bank so yeah. that's what I had in mind how can we come here as african immigrant but really fully integrate in the american society where if the dream is to become a teacher a doctor mm-hmm. a lawyer whatever we can do that mm-hmm. so we had nothing like that hmm. So that's how I started the African Leadership Group. So I'm going to build it. Yes, with the vision to help facilitate the professional integration of the African diaspora to social, educational, and economic impact. Now, I have to admit, back then, I have no idea about nonprofit organization. Yeah. I had no idea about grant. For me, there was a need. Let me bring these things and identify the out. resources to, to, to try to address it. In fact, that's why for 13 years, I run... The organization, while I was still at the bank, with no funding at all, hmm. thirteen years, hmm. thirteen, no funding. So I will take the little bit that I have and guide yeah. the people. And I'll, every Saturday, I'll bring an attorney to come and meet with the community to do a forum and educate. I'll bring a mortgage banker. I'll bring people to do financial literacy. Yeah. So that's and it kept growing and growing, and for thirteen years until I, I got a phone call that the Walton Family Foundation wanted to meet with me. Wow. How did they hear about You, you know, and I think, uh, because what happened is during the 13 years, all the local foundation were hearing about me because yeah. I was galvanizing thousands and thousands of people. But I think the challenge that the foundation they had, they couldn't pin their finger on what I do. As you know, in huh. Colorado, most of them was education yeah. focused, but for me it was education and much Everything. more. Yeah, Because- I told myself, before I can talk to any family about education, they got to be able to put food on the table. Mm-hmm. They got to be able to keep a roof over their head. Yeah. So when we address this need, then we can talk to them about advocacy and things like that. Yeah. So they, they for 13 years, and um, and at some point, uh, and this was in 2016, the CEO of the Walton Family Foundation, mm-hmm. Carrie Penny Walton, they, they wanted to really change their approach where they wanted to go from top roots to grassroots.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. They really wanted to identify organization that were grassroots organization. Um and that's how they find out about me and uh, mm-hmm. and our brother Brandon Ziegler and yeah. and 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 Jason Golden were very involved in it. And I had a meeting with them and I, I was very, very excited about okay. And they said, okay, we'll give you you know some money to 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 do this and uh and she came and, and when she was coming, I got a lot of phone calls. Some of the senators were calling me. Mm. you know, hey, can we come meet her? And I got like, who is this person? Yeah. I better go and Google her to know who yeah. she is. And, <laughs> I mean then look up and go like, wow. Yeah, this is big time. She big time. And 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 she came, we spent a whole day and with the community, and and I guess she she she, she was very impressed. And huh. And uh, they, they offered to support uh, the organization full-time for me to walk away from the bank and Dang. to do it full-time. And the rest is history. But, and for that, mm-hmm. I'm extremely, extremely grateful Yo. to the Walton Family Foundation for believing into the vision, yeah. believing in me. And today, we have this magnitude in the community changing life. Yeah, Thank you for the initial investment.
0: Yeah, y'all are going, man. I, it, it's inspired to me because I think with Adnium, uh, fundamentally believing in the same thing Right And yes. so like You know we came through You know and we did some education policy work And I think education is solid and, You know all the things I always say about that Or whatever But what we're finding is that like It's so much more than that It's about helping people be able to navigate It's about building that Civic capacity The the brain space The connections The network The the relationship piece You know what I'm saying but I've, I've been finding myself in these positions where, like, they want you to do just this one yeah, thing. Yeah, it's difficult. They need to define you as this one thing. Yeah. Are you a education advocacy group? Are you a community building group? Are you a—we <laughs> push for financial literacy, right? And I'm getting people calling me, like, hey, can y'all go and talk about financial literacy, like teach financial literacy? I'm like, yo, you obviously didn't hear me. What I said and what we said <laughs> yeah. was that yeah. no one taught us this. Yeah. Like, yo, yep. y'all should be trying to figure out a way to pour into yep. this community. Um you know, we've been blessed. Gary Community Ventures is, is really, you know, correct. Was our Walton, I guess, yep. Very in, good. in some way. And uh it, then that let me just ask the question. Do you feel like the like the way you approach this in your in your role changed once the money came in? You know what I'm saying? Like, did was there a different dynamic that you had a that you had attention with, or was it like, "Yo, we got the bread. Now we're really gonna go hit the gas pedal on what we know uh, we and, need to and do." That's
1: exactly right. And uh, when when we get the financial support, brother, we <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so everything got to a whole whole different level because for the longest time it was just me and and a little bit of my resource. Now I can get help, you know, yeah. and and people because a lot of people believe into the vision, but we were very limited on resources and how mm-hmm. to go about it. So. You know, um, and, and, and the Walton family, they were amazing, uh, embracing the, the full vision of ALG, even though mm-hmm. they fund the the education work, but they were really yeah. uh, flexible with all the other things, the social impact and the economic impact that that we yeah. were focusing on. And with that, we were able to really grow the organization and for the foundation mm-hmm. to see the impact. And today we have more than 15 foundation that are supporting yeah. the African leadership group. and. Uh, and, and now this year, uh, we even had the opportunity to have access to national funding. Wow! Not no longer local, but national. Wow! So it's 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 uh, you know, it's amazing. But but it took a lot of uh, trade. This is the kissing, and this is what I want people to know. It's not because that uh, you are a founder of an organization or you are a leader of an organization that you know it all. Yeah, you don't. For real. You literally don't. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> and I sit here doing what I'm because I got a lot of help. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that do not look like me, Mm -hmm. that don't sound like me, are pouring into this vision and mission to help me. And they Mm -hmm. elevate me, make me a stronger and a better leader. Mm -hmm. So my message is you have your community, Mm -hmm. but always open a door. If you cannot do a door, open a window Mm -hmm. to other people in other community to have that inclusiveness or the partnership and collaboration because it will only make you a better organization.
0: I, I think I needed to hear that. My 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 secret agenda under this is like I'm gonna pick up all the game for Papa. I can't like, <laughs> cause like you, you like honestly though, man, like you're one person that I feel like, like I've I've watched closely, especially in this like new role I found myself in. You know what I mean? And like, I think part of my part of what I think might be holding me up is like a lack of trust of that outside help, and I don't necessarily know how to get over it for a variety of different reasons, but like more so than anything, I feel like nothing. You and I can't build what we're trying to build or continue to build what we're trying to build um, without like being fierce about maintaining our integrity in, in the space. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so for some for some reason, I'm just like always waiting for someone to try to like test me. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just like my own trauma, you know what I mean? But like, how did you... Do you, do you ever struggle with that? Do you ever struggle with, you know, trust in outside influences and the thing you're trying to create for your people?
1: Look, I've been through a lot. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I've been doing this for 17, 18 years now. I've seen a lot. I've seen it where people uh, uh, try to take advantage. I've, I've, I've seen it all. But for me, I, I don't worry about that. I do what I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for me, we we managed to establish a spirit here Mm-hmm. If you are not genuine, you want you want you won't be able to survive. So, you it's not about me anymore, and that that's the role of a real leader. You mm-hmm. create an environment where it's not about you, Trey. It's about yeah. the environment that you created. The people they walk in, they feel the spirit. Yep. When I'm in the space, this is what the space demand. Mm-hmm. So for us with the African Leadership Group, as you've seen it, there's people from Africa, yeah. white people, uh, African American, because. That inclusiveness, spirit, is part of it. When people walk in, that's not even a question to ask. Yeah, yeah. And I think, now, it takes time to get there. Now, I was very clear for 15 years about it. Like, every Mm. speech that I made, every opening, everything, I open with that. Yeah. And when I go out there, I am very intentional about for people to feel welcome and to feel part of it. Yeah. Now... And you're going to see people that are going to come and, and try to. Now, and the way that I do it in our organization, you don't walk in the first day and you're 100% all the way in. Mm-hmm. You got to put in your time. Yeah. You got to put in your time. Because for us, you got to show up. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't matter what degree you have. You are part of this family once you show up. Yeah. When people know you by your name and they call you brother or they call you sister. Mm. So the one those people that do one time wonder, it was nice meeting them, but they so that's Mm. that's and and we create an environment where everybody has an opportunity to I don't want to use the word win, but to be impacted or have the opportunity to impact someone.
0: Yeah. But you you but you demonstrate that authenticity through your actions and through your time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So for example, I have Today, we have 13 committees, 13 from public speaking, leadership Africa, health and wellness, uh, youth empowerment, woman empowerment. And each committee have a chair. Mm-hmm. So, those people that are chairing the committee, I did not just grab anybody from the street. Yeah. Here are the people that give time and invest their time. So now they are in that leadership role. Mm. So that's.
0: And that's their thing. They can roll with it. They, they
1: can roll it. They're passionate about it, they like it. And I don't attend all those meetings. Yeah. But all of them, they take the vision of the African Leadership Group and tie it to everything that they do. Yeah. And they all report to here. Yeah. It's like a government that you are functioning. <laughs> you have the Secretary of uh, Education and whoever. Yeah. And and now we our outreach is crazy. Yeah. Because
0: I'm, I imagine it just compounds. It like, is, yeah. And yeah.
1: they all put together forum, for example, our Business Economic Committee. I mean amazing people. We have mm. lawyers, VP of banking, CPA, amazing people. Mm-hmm. The expertise and the talent. And we just launched our entrepreneurship workshop mm. where people get a chance to, because in our community, people, most of us, we are entrepreneurs. Yeah. We don't even know it. Yeah. Because we're operating yeah. at a home. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not registered. We don't have a tax ID number. None yeah. Of thing. So this workshop is structured to help them structure their business, teach them how to do the business plan, huh. position them to be bankable and lendable. Huh. And at the end, there will be a business pitch. Yeah, And they will, we put them in front of investors and they will get a prize mm. from the African Leadership Group and we will celebrate them at African Impact in August. That's dope. So we just opened it and uh, we have more than 50 people that already apply.
0: Wow. How do you How do you go about the... We've been struggling with this, too, around um, just, like, sheer capacity. You know what I'm saying? Like, of having to be like, yo, we got to choose someone. Uh, I've been I've been struggling with the, like, all right. It's tough. <laughs> Once we get to that point, because, like, right now, like, Eddie just like, yo, come on, come on. Just come in, be real. Like, my whole thing is, like, if it's real, it's right. Like, it, you know, if you feel it in your spirit, it's, like, we're, we're trying to create that type of dynamic. But I'm like, all right, cool. How do we prepare for the time where we're going to have to say no?
1: Yeah you will get it hit me hard recently with uh, leadership africa program mm. it hit me very hard because uh, last year we launched it we had uh, 25 applicants was easy everybody was in yeah. this year we had over 50 applicants and we only have room for 25 mm. so yeah. i had to turn away 20
0: people Yeah. how did you uh how did you deal with that internally like Wasn't within it, yourself
1: yes but for me <laughs> What I've done is because there's a committee that's in charge of that. They're the one that make the decision. It's not Papa making, the, even though Word. they think I am making the decision. I'm not. <laughs> so they're the committee. They do the interview, and there's a scoring, and they, yeah. they select people, and they. They they submit the people. So and they get a letter. But when we turn away somebody, there's also a plan. There's a plan. We just Mm. don't turn you away. We we turn you, we tell you that at this point, we think like it will be very helpful for you to start with our public speaking class. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always a plan that we identify and mentor you with somebody. Yeah. And we encourage you to apply again uh, Hmm. next year. So for our entrepreneurship, what we end up doing is we created two cohort. Yeah. Cohort one. The, and the other one will wait for cohort two, and will bring them together.
0: That makes sense. I mean,
1: which is which is a very good problem to have. If if as an organization you are putting something together, community buy into it, and they want to be part of it, it's a blessing. Yeah, because that's why we exist. One hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we exist. So, which is which is good. So I'm very, and I can tell you, I mean, w- what really making a difference for us is the way that we are very inclusive, mm-hmm. very inclusive. Like we had our legal clinic a couple of Mondays ago. We had over 40 people mm. to read. I end up having to go find a Spanish translator mm. because we have a lot of people from the Spanish community. Yeah.
0: Which yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And we loved it. Well, yeah, man. I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, you know, w- when I hear stories about African immigrants, a lot of the experiences mirror, you know, same, folks same. that are coming from, you know, Latin American countries. Yep.
1: yep. Same thing.
0: Uh, yeah. It's just like. Same challenges. Same fundamental. Same,
1: same, same, yeah. same. same
0: huh? Uh-huh. Yo, let me ask you a question. A little bit off topic, or shifting subjects a little bit, is uh, I was at one of your African Pact events. Mm-hmm. Um, students were presenting on, you know, their capstone projects. Yeah. I believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <coughs>
0: <laughs> and I was sitting next to a gentleman. I think he was a parent, and he uh, we're talking about education. You know, I kind of like say what I did or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he, he turns to me. He goes. What are they doing in U.S. schools? And I was like, "What you mean?" He's like, "Where I'm from, like we we learned two languages. We learned like I'm looking at my kids' homework, and like I learned that in like seventh grade, and she's in ninth. Like, what's going on? Like, we came here because we thought the education was supposed Mm -hmm. to be better, and we're getting. He effectively was like, "Yo, we we were lied to. Like, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah,
0: is that a common thing, or is this like a special?" special case or do you hear Yeah the,
1: the the education system is totally different hmm. totally different like uh there it's the education back home is 100 times harder huh 100 times harder 100 times harder it's 100 times well, there you study for 9 months and and it's more like general studies you don't get to uh, specialization until you get to college or something uh-huh. but but for me i remember to go from um, uh, Elementary to go to high school. You study for nine months and you have an exam on everything you study Really, for nine months and you don't know where it's going to be coming from. Shit. You have no idea. You study and you memorize everything. Yeah. Know like, everything. You, you got to know everything. Yeah. So it's totally different, uh, obviously. Uh, and, and for many reasons because there's no job over there they cannot afford to have everybody pass through pass through because yeah. you know like some some people they don't even make it to high school because they don't have the grade they kicked out to the street oh damn it's seriously yeah it's uh, it's 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 just the way it is yeah so uh f- yes the the education system is 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 a lot harder compared to to here but you know um and and look for me you go to any country they have the education system built in based on Yep. The reality. So that I I understand. Yeah. But nevertheless, when I look at the education system here and, and knowing what I know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. For real. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. For me, one of the things that I struggle with is, and especially for our children, um, you know, some of them they got they come here as a refugee, and they so, you know, they have the age to be in the seventh grade. They just throw them in the seventh grade. And this kid that never studied English before, don't know how to expect them to cope with the kid that's been in the school system all their life. Yeah. You know, and and there's no, I mean, like, I mean, there's a lot of work because, you know, kids, they learn in different ways. Mm -hmm. Kids learn in different ways. And and I feel like they take the kids and put them in the, I expect all of them to learn the same exact way figure it out and things like that. So obviously there's a lot of work that needs to be done. You know, I I, I would love to see teacher meet more with parents because for Mm -hmm. me, there are the three legs of the stools where they come to the child education, the school, the family, Mm -hmm. the family, and the district. Hmm. So the three pieces need to connect, and I feel yeah, like it, they're all disconnected. They're right all now. disconnected right now. Yeah, that's the, the, the parents don't know what's happening at the district level. What's being voted, What What's happening? Yeah, parent uh, teachers are not doing home visits. They're not talking to the <laughs> parents. They're not meeting to the parents. And, and yeah,
0: and the parents don't trust the
1: district. And the they don't parents trust don't trust the, the district. And, and and now we're talking about decline in enrollment in DPS. I said, well, so <laughs> another conversation another day.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's for real. And another parallel with the with the immigrant experiences. We had an alumni, um, Alonso, who uh, came here from Mexico, and he was talking about his experience in the ESL classes. And uh, he, he said a similar thing where he was like, yo, I, you know, I knew this math stuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the, the line that always stuck out to me, I think I said this on, on Dr. Ann Kiki's podcast too. He was like, uh, it seemed like they based my intelligence more on how well I spoke English than they did how well I knew the content. And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like, that's real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what type of what are we missing out on collectively as a community, a society, or whatever? When we have these brilliant minds coming in, and we're just our our, uh, our whatever our grading scale on what they're able to offer is based off of something that they were never taught. There's brilliance there. You know what I mean? There's stories there. There's things that like can be picked up on." I just thought that was it was a crazy Yeah behavior. I
1: think I think for me you know based on that my message to the district to the superintendents to 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 the teachers please please listen to the parents and listen to the community leaders yeah. that work in this education space um they hear us but they don't pay attention to what we're saying yeah they implement things without involving us into the process yeah and
0: they'll be sure to shout you out though if you agree with them. Well you know I mean like <laughs> that I've, I've just I've seen it and, and push back on this you need to push back I've seen it where it's like uh we need community organizations to be like check boxes check marks like we just need you to like fall in line almost
1: no and and, and, and <laughs> no but like for me I, I'm telling you as the leader not everybody agree with me mm-hmm. on, on the thing and I implement a lot of things and that's what makes me, smarter actually yeah. because I take everybody's input yeah, and, and and implement it and people think it's mine but obviously I, I know it's not mine 100%, but people yeah. give me the credit and I think that's what they should do just mm. create the space where you're hearing even if that's something that you don't like mm-hmm. but hear them out hear the community out because I, I believe that the outcome that we all want the district the superintendent is for the kids to be successful Yeah. none of us is going to try to implement things intentionally to make the kids fail yeah so the intention is the same Yep. just listen to each other <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> just listen to each other <laughs> and stop being afraid to talk to each other like people seem to be afraid of like conflict you know what i mean like when in the podcast in the in the conversations we've been doing these things at schools where we're doing research and trying to build like a community of alumni to support the school or whatever and we started it by meeting with like the leadership of the school, the counseling team of the school, and a group of students. And like you sit in these rooms and I didn't say nothing crazy. I was just like, yo, what's on your mind? You know what I'm saying? Like what you've what you been thinking? Like, you know. After about five minutes when we get like past the like nervousness of being in a room and, and having this conversation, every single one of them agreed. Like people agreed. Yeah, uh, All of them thought it was the other one, like the other group that was <laughs> preventing the thing from happening. Started on financial literacy too. Everybody agreed. They just kept telling me who they assumed didn't because they were never in the room with That's each other. That's what I'm telling you. That's uh, <laughs> you, feel me?
1: you know. I I tell people most of us, most the vast majority of us, we believe in God, mm-hmm. but sometimes we question Him, right? Mm. We all do. Sometimes yeah. God, why, why not, or why, whatever the case. Yeah. So who are those leaders? Yeah. That really don't want anybody to question them. Yeah. It's yeah. normal. Yeah. It's part of the process, as we said. It's human nature. So it's okay that people will question you. Mm-hmm. Question what you're doing. How are you going to do it? Yeah. Why? Why not? Embrace Why not?
0: it. Have you had to deal with like, uh, and I know we're getting up on time, but when the group itself disagrees on something, how do you navigate that as a leader?
1: Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we teach um in Leadership Africa. Huh. Because... Um, e- <laughs> Because I think, as a leader, one of the things that's uh, the hardest thing that most leaders face is how to conduct a meeting mm-hmm. without taking over the space. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we have a tendency. Okay, we know what needs to be done. We're going to come and we're going to talk and we're going to tell people what needs to be done and yeah. things like that. And and that's not the right way to do it. So uh, for me, it's uh, for me what I what I what I do is. I create in a group and where we got to agree on things, I create a rules, okay? Mm -hmm. What happens if we don't agree? Is it the majority vote and things like that? So it's always important to come and get people to agree into that concept before Hmm. you dive in deep into it. Yeah, Because once you implement those rules, everybody know the expectation. When you get to that point, it's easier. Hmm. For me, that's like, even the classroom, when we do our public speaking class, the time we meet, uh, the time we end the meeting, huh. what happened when somebody show up late, hmm. the group, the group agree. They yep. set those rules. I don't set it up. The group yep. the group does. Um, so now it's like, these are your rules, not yep, me. Not mine. Yeah. And everybody, and, and everybody embrace it. It, it. When you do it that way, it's never a problem. Huh. And sometimes as a leader, we we come with this good intention, with yeah. those leaders, those rules. And now the people, they, they don't understand our intention. They come like sometimes, you know, because in any group, you always have somebody that's always going to give you a hard time.
2: Yeah.
1: Always. They're always going to be one, one tray in the room. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> that's usually me. <laughs> okay. I'm oh, feeling <laughs> gonna, So you got to walk in knowing that, assuming that everybody is like a tray. Yeah. So let me get myself clear here before yep. we dive. So for me, that's what I do. And, uh, huh. But I've learned from a lot of mistakes. That's <laughs> yeah. I've made a lot of mistakes. I feel I've made it. a lot of mistakes.
0: I feel it. And I wonder. I wonder if uh, part of the issue is right now that like we no long we don't have those rules of engagement, or we just don't trust them. You know, it's like you've heard the saying of like, "Yo, the decisions made before the meeting happens is like a common thing." And like I've seen it. You feel me? Like the meeting is more of a formality itself like i'm talking about like on the on the grander scale the school board meetings the city council meetings whatever is like there's a there's a hint that we're not all collectively like building the rules together mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and like so much of it is like how do you navigate this game behind the game that's being presented to us you feel me and i think that a large part of what i hope some of our leaders in our communities can do that are in these like formal Positions of authority can figure out a way, like how do we collectively get a buy-in to the rules of engagement, how we actually interact with one another. Because if we could trust that, and if we could trust the process, maybe we could start to trust the outcome. Um, I'm just seeing a fundamental breakdown of trust
1: at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, for me, uh, I think every leader, every leader, need to really invest into understanding human being. Mm-hmm. You got to understand how human being in general are wired. And once you understand that, that will help. I believe that human being in general, we are all wired that we want to be heard. We, yeah. we want to. Sometimes uh, our attention to listening is very short. Like yeah. you will say something, even though we are quiet. I'm already thinking, <laughs> what am I gonna? How am I gonna respond? Mm-hmm. So you got to understand how human beings are wired and how they react Uh in general. There are certain things that's common to to all of us.
2: Uh
1: We're different, but there are certain things that's common. So as a leader, when you understand that commonality that we have and and that allow you, when you enter to a space, you don't assume. Uh The biggest mistake that most of us we make is we get into space and we assume. Uh We assume that, oh yes, this person will agree with this, this person will like it, you walk into a space, Oh, this is all immigrant. Oh, they will like the help. Everybody will <laughs> like the handout. Mm-hmm. You know, we all assume Yeah. and we'd never take the time to ask people, what do you want? Hmm. We, just a simple question. What do you want? How do you want this to process? How would you like to process with it? I think yeah. going into space, with always asking those questions. Mm-hmm. Don't, not to make, for me, like I said, my fundamental rule number one is nothing is about me, hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing is about me.
0: That's beautiful. You know what my dad used to say? Assume. Have you heard that phrase? He used to say, uh, "When you assume, you make an ass out of you yeah, and yeah, me." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: You can't. You cannot. You yeah. cannot. You cannot. And and I think now we we, Trey, we live in a crazy world. Yeah, man. Crazy, 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 and all these other things that's happening. The pandemic. This war. Yeah. None of them is helping. Yeah. It was crazy before, now it's crazier. Yeah. And and, and we're dealing with uh, mental health. It's a real thing and it's crazy. Yeah. Those of us that uh, have the title of leaders or claim to be a leaders, it's time for us to step back and really ask ourselves, what could be my responsibility? Huh. In this space. Yeah. What could be my And I think you know, for those that, you know, that are 50 years old. I mean, your time is gone. All you can do now is invest into the next generation. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Like when you get 40, 50, all you because you're not going to be productive for another 50 years. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You might be lucky if you are productive for another 10 years. So all we got to do is invest into the next generation. mm that's all that's our responsibility number one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So all this knowledge that you have, this expertise, how do you make sure that there are two or three or five kids
2: mm-hmm.
1: that can have the benefit of having access to this? Yeah. Because all we gotta figure out I'm is how can do, we yeah. yes, and you're doing your part. And I and and but that's what I'm asking to everybody.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Even other father, you might not be leading an organization, but even as a father, mm-hmm ask yourself, what could I do to leave my children in a better place that I found it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's my responsibility? What's my life? responsibility?
1: And we all do. Yeah. Again, it all boils down to the day you're born and the day you will understand why.
0: Love it. Let's try to figure That's that out problem. together. Yeah, man. <laughs> I appreciate your time. dog. This is, uh, really beneficial for me. Um, and I think will be beneficial for a lot of folks. And, uh, just know I'm looking to you. A lot of people are looking for you. You already know that. Um,
1: no, nah, in terms it, of how you lead. No, nah, no, brother. It is a trail. Let me tell you this. Um, honestly, uh, and I and I share this with my 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 team members. I, you know, and sometimes I get emotional about it. I had no idea this was going to turn out the way it turned out. Mm. I, honestly, I'm not genius. No, I I had no idea. The man above definitely has his end over it. Hmm. I know that for a fact. And, and it, again, it's knowing my why. And I know my why, I'm being used to fulfill a purpose. I embrace it, I don't question it, hmm. I do it. And I do it with passion, with grace, and, and, and I love it. And yeah. it, That's all it is. I, I tell you, I don't have the answer, I do not, huh. but I believe. Yeah. I believe in the cause, I, I believe in the, in the journey, in the purpose, I wake up every single day embracing it and doing my part. That's that's all I do seriously, and I'm hundred percent honest. Love it. I, I, people might think, oh yes, yeah, no, I'm not. I know, no, yeah. I'm not that genius guy. But I know that God wants me to invest in human being. God wants me to help people. Yeah, God wants me to dedicate my time to. It's, it's difficult, but people call. I pick up. I return the call. People want to see me. I make time to to see them. People want help. I always look for a way to help. Mm-hmm. That's that's my. That's why I'm here.
0: Yeah. That's why I look up to you, man. I appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, man. Peace.
0: All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Papa. Um, I came out of that. I walked out of that inspired. Um, I walked out of that feeling like I had a different vision. Um, and some tools and strategies to, to allow myself to lead. And I hope, you know, you're tuning out of this uh, with the same things. Um, as always, reach out to us via email, ednium at ednium.org. If you want to have a conversation with any of our guests um, or you have any guests that you think we should have on, our goal here is to make sure that we elevate the, the great talent and the brilliant minds that we have in our backyard that are making a difference. Um, as always, we appreciate y'all and we see you next week. Peace.